doing. And uh, so I'm excited. Thank you for giving today. Well, today, again, I mentioned we've got a special guest with us here this morning, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for what God's going to do, for what God's uh, going to speak in your lives uh, through the message. But uh, Jacob, would you come on up? Our missionary to Spain for 30 plus years, you got, you got everything that you need there? He, he, and the good news, he likes illustrated messages. Does anybody like illustrated? You guys like the sermon illustrations? They love it. They love it. Oh, yeah. You can't hear them. We're, we're from South Dakota, so we, we're not very expressive with our emotions or things. It was just, so if you hear a little bit of talk today, it's, you've really got them. Yeah, that's, that's the way. If you get, you know, a couple amens or something like that. But, Jacob, it's been so good um, to have you here today and sharing over in Sunday school and, and just a powerful word uh, that God's placed on your heart for our people. Because it, what, what God's doing in Spain doesn't have to just stay in Spain. It, it's, for, it's for the globe. And so thank you for coming. Would you give it up for our missionary? Buenos días. Quería saludaros especialmente los que solo hablan español. ¿Dónde están nuestros latinos? Que levanten la mano. Un aplauso. Give a round of applause for our Latin people up there. That's what I'm talking about. Bienvenidos. Me, me encantaría poder predicar todo el mensaje en español. Pero los gringuitos, ya sabes que los gringos, los gringos no, no, no. Good morning, everybody, and just, hey, th th the donuts were amazing. The donuts were amazing. Thank you guys for coming out for the Sunday school and uh, the questions and answers that we had. So just a brief update of who I am. My name is Jacob Bach. Your church picked us up for missionary support like years ago, and we started out with kids ministry. We had a sidewalk circus called Festival de Luz, and we traveled the country and and, and, and had a bus and went to different, we rode unicycles and, and juggled and did all sorts of fun things. That's where I learned how to illustrate the gospel and then God transi transitioned us into On the Red Box and so you may have seen some of the pictures when you came in where my prayer card is. Uh, that's just a little bit of what we do on a daily basis over there and so uh, Red Box is, uh, is a ministry that is located in the center of Spain. So Spain is in Europe. So if you gr cross the ocean, you get to Europe, where most of us come from, at least our grandparents or great-grandparents, and Spain is way on the bottom. It's a peninsula. It shares the peninsula with Portugal. And dead center, it's about the size of Texas, and dead center of Spain is Madrid. And dead center Madrid, I'm talking epicenter, okay? Epicenter Madrid is a town square called Puerta del Sol, okay? We're going to say that, everybody together, ready? Puerta del Sol. It's called the Sun Gate. The Puerta del Sol. Now, the, we, we just discovered that the amount of people that walk through the Puerta del Sol every week is the population of South Dakota. 700,000 people a week pass through the Puerta del Sol, like from every nation of the world. And 20 years ago, God put it on our heart to, well, well we've always pro proclaimed the gospel, but just a very, very unique and unusual way to proclaim the gospel. You remember, you ever hear about the old soapbox preachers, preachers, you know, they used to be stump preachers. Stump, you know what a stump preacher is? They cut down, they cut down the trees when they were pioneering out, out west here, and they cut down a tree and there was always a stump left over. And so the preachers would take advantage of it. If I stand up on the stump, people will see me and hear me, and then they would preach a, a, a gospel message, and they would get the gospel message out. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of the Salvation Army, and you can go to the Wesleys, the Whitfields, open-air preaching. And so we got ourselves a red box, and you can see a picture of it on the slide presentation. It's about this big. It's a flight case. And we stand up on top of it. It's filled with gospel tracks. And by the way, by the way, that BGMC thing, 
Do you know how much money, how much, you know how, you know, I don't. <laughs> but it's thousands. It's thousands of dollars of BGMC money that I have spent, that you guys have given, that these kids have given, that help, that help us. I mean, we have bought stuff for our prayer house, for our evangelism centers, not just kids. It's, it's a lot, you know, finance your kids ministry. But no, we do, we do all, BGMC supports us in tons of ways. So this is no small deal for me to see Buddy Barrel running around up here. And, you know, you know the girls could hardly even carry out the buckets. You know, I'm going, yes, yes. Because I will ask for that money sooner or later and we'll invest it in the kingdom of God. So what we do is we, uh, for the last 20 years, um, have been standing on a red box. Um, really wasn't my idea. It was just something that God gave us. And we'll, we'll go out to the street, and there's, of course, like I said, 100,000 people a day <laughs> that go through the square. And we have a prayer house. So um, if you go to the Puerto of the Soul, you'll, you'll see that it's like Times Square, surrounded by buildings. God, you wouldn't even believe. You wouldn't even believe. It's like we have, a, we have a piece of property on this square. The evangelical, the square has been there 500 years. And the eventual church, evangelical church has never owned a piece of property in the epicenter, in the ground zero of that, of that square. And five years ago, we purchased the fifth floor of one of the buildings for a million dollars. And it houses our prayer house, where we have it open right now three hours a day. Our coffee house, got to have coffee, you know. And, and it's our teaching center where we train uh, the church to do evangelism. It's our offices. And then we pray, and then we go to the street and we proclaim. And then the next day we come back and we pray, and then we go to the next, uh, down to the street and we proclaim. And we just get the gospel out to the people that are coming through. And we pray with people every night. I'm not, I'm not joking. We, we, we pray with people every night, not always for salvation, but they're having encounters with God. We're planting the seed into their hearts. And then the people that get saved, we plug them into our local churches in Madrid. So it's a, it's a fantastic thing that God is doing. And, and once he bought that building for us, I realized, oh, man, I'm going to be here for a while <laughs> because now it's until Jesus comes. You know, we've got a prayer house and an evangelism training center until Jesus comes, so I'm going to stick around there for a little bit. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for your monthly support. You sometimes don't know, like, what does that all that go to and everything. Well, it just helps us do what we're doing. You know, a lot of you, you, can, you may ranch, you may farm, you know, you may have a business. Um, you're doing different things, and the missionary offering comes around, and you go, well, I'll give to that. And that's really good because not everybody can like, go into the far reaches of some foreign country. You know how many people are lost in Spain? I don't know, you ought to figure it out for your own county. Just figure it out for your own county. Like if they died today kind of thing. Like so there's a lot in Aberdeen. How many people aren't in church today? And then ask yourself the question, how many people are in church that aren't saved? In Spain, 98 out of 100 people are lost. So if that doesn't end up bothering somebody. So like if there's 100 people walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, Korah's rebelling you know, or something, you know, and God opens up the earth and swallows 100, two of them would go to heaven. And like 98 would stand before God and hear, I never heard you. I never knew you. I don't know where you're from. Depart from me. So that, that bothers, that bothers me. And so missions is just getting the gospel message out. And in fact, all of us are on a mission. And right now we're doing a, um, a tour of Spain. We're going to the 50 
two provinces of Spain with the gospel message. We're doing crusades, evangelism training. We're doing films for them, writing tracks for them. And, and right now we're 18 provinces completed. So we still have quite a few more to go. We got at least two and a half years left to do the tour of Spain. And when I'm done with the tour of Spain, I will be able to say I have preached in every province to the four corners of this and trained up teams all over the place. And you guys are partnering with me. Okay, you're not there. Now, it would be awesome if you guys took a team. Ben, what do you think about getting a team over here? What about, what about these Abbers from South Dakota? Is that what you guys are called? Abbers? What, 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 what are they called? Aberdonians. What about these Aberdonians? Couldn't we get a team, you know, um, to come over to Spain? And, and we would train them how to do personal evangelism and how to give their testimony. I mean, and the, the gospel message. And then we'll pull them out onto the street. No, we'll lead them out onto the street. And then we'll say, step up on the box. I'll translate for you. Give us your testimony. Tell us why you love Jesus. And then they would proclaim. They'd change their life. Okay, we'll plan on something like that. All right? Okay, guys, I'm going to get into my message. But I wanted to uh, share with you that I have um, a prayer card. And like I told the Sunday school, I don't, like, send out lots of newsletters. But this is me. And if you scan this little code on the back, you get the book that I wrote, but an audio version. So it's, he, he reads it really well. He's a professional reader. And it's called The Power of the Gospel. Rediscover the message of the cross. Once you understand the gospel message, then evangelism and sharing the gospel becomes easy and very effective. Because all the power in our sharing the gospel doesn't lie in you. It lies in the message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power, power, everybody say power, power of God for salvation. So you want to see salvation, you want to see the power of God, understand the gospel message. And that's why I wrote that book so you can download, I mean, scan that and uh, we will send that to you today for free. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read a story here out of the Bible, and yes, we will illustrate it. We're going to try to figure out what this means, and what I'm, what I'm really excited about um, in this message is that you're actually in it. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and say, oh yeah, that was for back then, and you kind of reap some benefit from it, but this one literally, literally, or as the British would say, literally, you are here, because this, this, this story of the parable of the ten minas is divided into two parts. History, what Jesus was saying in the moment, and then it breaks and it jumps to the future. It's prophetic. And so in the future prophetic part, that's where you are. That's where you are. And so we're going we're gonna to discover with this um, who you are in this story. Because there's three, there's three personajes. Um, um, characters. There's three characters in, in this story. And you're one of them. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just open up our eyes and our spirits and our hearts to see. And if we see, then everything will change. So give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and that you would mold our hearts to be able to obey what we're seeing here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me give you a, back, let me give you a little backstory. And the backstory on this is um, Jesus is one week from being crucified. So he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's got a, this, a swarm of people around him. And they're, and they're jazzed because 
because they realized he's the Messiah. So he, they realized that, that was, this was Jesus dressed in, in flesh and blood, um, dressed up like a man, kind of like a costume, you know, God in a body. And, and, and they realized this is the Messiah we've been praying for. So they're super excited about it because he promised that he was going to reign. Remember that? He promised he was going to reign. Messiah was going to come and reign. And so they were thinking, reign now. Reign now. And Jesus, a week from being crucified, has to tell him a story and kind of say, yeah, yeah, but I got to correct something here. I got an assignment for you before I do that. And so that's where the, that's where the story picks up. So they're on their way to Jerusalem. And as they heard these things, Luke chapter 9, verse 11, and they, as they heard these things, he proceeded to tell them a parable. Parable is just a story that has a spiritual message. Because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. And he said, therefore, okay, get ready. We're going to figure out who all these characters are in here. Help me discover this. And, and, and you, can actually, you can actually respond out loud if you want. You can, you know. I mean, I'll ask the question. It's not going to be just rhetorical. And just, and just so you know, um, when I see that my time's like running out and I'm concluding the message, we're going to have a time of prayer. Because we have to respond to this, folks. We have to respond to this. Life is too short. Life is too short for us to waste our life doing worthless things. Okay, so where were we? And he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. All right, there we go. We're getting a bunch of characters here. So a nobleman, who's he referring to? This is where you respond. Who, who, who is the nobleman in this story? Jesus, great. Got like that's, that's the Sunday school answer, but it's true. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you heard that. Sorry, this is like totally not the message. Uh, help me get back online if I get veered off too much. But it's like, you know, what in the Sunday school class? So what's, what's furry, eats acorns, got like a long bushy tail, runs out there. And, uh, oh, good job, guys. <laughs> you guys are sharp. <laughs> and the little kid in Sunday school is going, Sheesh. you know, nobody's answering. Everybody's afraid to answer. And, and, and one little kid raises his hand. He says, man, teacher, he says, it really sounds like a squirrel, but I know the answer is Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, normally, like, who's the nobleman? You know, squirrel. No, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay, it's, not, it's, it's not a trick question. He, he's talking about himself. He went into a far country. Question. Did Jesus go into a far country? Yeah, good job. So when did he go into the far country? When he ascended into heaven. Right. So he ascended into heaven. He went into a far country. Where's Jesus today? He's in a far country. Where is he at? Sitting at the right hand of God praying for you. So that's what he's doing. Okay, so he's at a, so a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. Alright, so has Jesus received his kingdom? That's like yes or no. Has Jesus received his kingdom? No, not yet. Yes. Okay. Let's figure out the answer because the next answer is right there. He came to receive for, he went to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Has he returned? He better, he better not have because you're sitting here. And, I, and I'm here. That's not good. That would not be good news. 
Okay, so he's not returned yet. Great, he's not returned yet. That means he's still in the far country. That means he has not yet received his kingdom. Because once he receives his kingdom, he'll return. So he's got part of his kingdom. He's got authority. All authority has been given unto him in heaven and earth and everything's under his feet and all that. He's got part of his kingdom. But every kingdom has subjects. And, and, and these subjects, he's, there's, there's still subjects that need to get into his kingdom. And this gospel shall be preached into all the world. And then the end shall come. And then the end shall come. Then he will have, it said, and the number of the Gentiles must come in. And then the end will come. So there's still, there's still subjects, there's still people that need to come into the kingdom by knowing Christ. Okay, so now we got that all figured out. Great job. So he said, therefore, noblemen kingdom, then return. Calling ten of his servants. How many servants? Okay, who's the servant here? Good job. It's us. Who, how many people serve Jesus? Nathan, you serve Jesus? Nathan's kind of, Nathan's kind of like in the, in the auctions. How many serve Jesus? He goes, you know, got that bid, boy, got that bid. You got it. <laughs> so anyway, so, so if you're a servant, yeah, so then you can identify. He was calling his servants that were present. We're still in the past, okay? We're still in the past. But you identify with the servant because you serve Jesus. And so he says, he calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas. Somebody that's good with numbers, help me here. Um, how many minas did each servant get? One. Oh, so you're telling me they all got the same thing. Oh, wait. Wait, doesn't this sound like the parable of the talents? Well, it kind of smells like that. But remember the talents? God gave one, five, one, two, and the other one, one. According to their ability. According to their ability. They got a different amount of talents, opportunities, whatever. Giftings, whatever. But not here. No, no, this is different. Because he called ten of his servants and he gave them ten minas. That means everybody got a mina. They got the same exact thing. Okay, what's a mina? Because then it says, he gave them ten of mina and he said to them, engage in business until I come. Okay, so engage in business until we, I'm going to give you a mina. Now engage in business until I come. How's that going for you? Doing good on that one? Like, this is the real deal, guys, right here. This is red letter edition. Not really. White letter edition. Jesus says, engage in business until I come with a mina. So if you were to die today, that happens. If you were to die today, you will stand before God. That's just like, I don't have to convince you of that. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to say, and the mina? Engage in business with Amina. And Amina, what would you have to show for it? First of all, you'd have to identify. I mean, wouldn't that be embarrassing? Wouldn't that be embarrassing? And Amina? And you're like, yeah, heard about that. Um, I don't even know what that was. You know, wouldn't that be embarrassing? Like, I don't even know what that was. Did you engage in business with Amina? Um, had I known what it was, maybe, perhaps, but I, I didn't really, couldn't figure that out. Why don't we figure that out? Anybody have a clue what Amina is? 
I'll tell you what amino was back then. Right here. Brought one with me, just so you guys could see it. Remember, ever hear of a shekel and a denarii and a talent? They're all weights and measures. There it is. Half of, this is one pound of solid silver. 500 grams, one pound of solid silver. Worth about $500. And he calls his servants that serve him, and they, they all have their talents, they all have their abilities, and he gives to each one a mina. And he says, now, I'm giving you 500 grams, I'm giving you a pound of silver, and you've got a job to do. I need you to do business that means regatear, invertir, multiplicar. You know what I'm saying? Amen? We got to invest. We got to do business. We got we to barter. We got to multiply. We got to give it away. We got to produce something with this. So what does the mina represent in the story? We know it's not the talents because we already eliminated that one. Okay, let's, let's just, do, just, just do the discovery so that we can get to the point of this message. We're identifying characters right now, but you're coming up right here. You're just, you're on the brink of showing up in the scripture. So, so here we go. The Mina, he tells them, here's the Mina, go do business. And then he goes to the, he goes and he gets crucified. And then he rises from the dead. And then he's here about 40 days, 50 days, 60 days, he's been there several weeks. And then he, he's at the Mount of Ascension. Somebody told me that Jesus ascended to a far country. Great. He's at the Mount of Ascension. What does he tell his disciples? He said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Now, therefore, as you go, by the way, go, just a little, little lesson here. Go is not a verb. It may be in your Bible because that's just the way they translated it. But go is not a verb. It's as you go about life. It's as you go. What's the verb? Preach. As you go about life, disciples, servants, preach the gospel. Share the gospel. Disciple the nations. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes will be saved. And he who doesn't believe will be lost. And then in, in Matthew it says, go and make disciples. Make disciples is the verb. As you go about life, make disciples. Teach them to follow in everything that I've taught you, so that they would be obedient to the scriptures. Go and preach the what? Everybody say gospel. Gospel. The mean is the gospel. It's the gospel message. It's the gospel message. It's given the gospel message away, and the people that receive it and are born again, then you disciple them in the ways of the Lord. So the job of the church, not the missionary, obviously the missionary, the job of the church is to share the gospel and disciple people that are following the Lord. That's the mina. So, you guys understand what you got? Do you have any, you have any idea what this is? Do you, you have any idea how powerful this is? The power of God unto salvation? Do you realize what you received when you received the gospel? This, this, this buddy is atomic. You know what? You know, you know what this has the power to do? It has the power to, 
first of all, convict you of your sin, show you that you're lost, but, but it's like, it's like what, what the gospel message is, is we know that one day when we die, we're going to stand before the Lord in judgment, and he's going to open up the books. It says it in Revelation. It says, and the dead stood before God, great and small, good-looking, fat, skinny. They all stood before God. And it says, the dead were judged according to what was in the book. And when he told the rich young ruler, what do I have to do to be saved? He said, well, obey the law. And none of us do it. You know, we all lie, steal, watch porn, live with our girlfriends, hold bitterness in our hearts, greedy, selfish, bitterness, hold grudges. Come on. <laughs> what's, what's written in your book? Like the wages of sin is? Yeah. Right? So you got, you got a book like from cover to cover and it's like stained with sin. Then you stand before God, Jacob Francis Bach. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, yeah. You open his book, you know. You open. Man, it, there, folks, if there's one sin in there, you ain't getting in. Because the wages of sin is death. If Jesus lets you in and you had sin in your book, then heaven wouldn't be heaven anymore. I wouldn't even want to go there if you were there with sin in your life. I'm going to a place where there's no more sickness and no more death and no more crying. And I get to see Jesus face to face and there's purity and holiness and rights. That's where I'm going. So you can't have a single sin in your book. And the gospel message, guys, guys, the, the gospel message is when Jesus takes the sins of your book and places it upon himself on that cross. He goes into the library of heaven and he pulls out your book, takes it upon him on the cross, and then, and then he pays the debt. He pays for the sin that you committed, the wages of sin. He pays for that wage of sin, of death, dying in your stead, in your place, as your substitute. And then when you come to him in repentance and faith, he takes up, opens it up, and then he applies his blood on every page. That's good news. That's good news. He can wipe away your sins. You realize the power that there is in the mina? Did you realize, remember when Jesus said, let this cup pass from me? Remember that? What was he saying? What was he saying? He was, he was preparing the gospel message for you to proclaim. He was in Gethsemane, and he was saying, let this cup pass from me. And he wasn't talking about just a cup of wine or something. He was talking about, he was talking about a, not just a cup of suffering. He was talking about the cup of God's wrath. Like God was, God was, you know, we were storing up wrath for the day of wrath. On the day of, I was like intense, you know, Romans. And, and, and we're all covered in sin, and our books are loaded with sin, and we're you know, like enemies of God. And then, so on so he's going to destroy sin. And if you stand before God, you're saved. You know, the gospel message, folks. And Jesus, he was saying, man, do I got to drink that cup? There's any other way, you know, like, let it pass from me. You know, let it. And, and, and then he said, let, let your will be done, not mine. He gets on the cross, and when he's nailed there naked, after they pulled out his beard, and he's, and he's hanging on to your book, and he's dressed in your filthy rags, then God hands him the cup of wrath. And the, and, the, and, and the wrath of God was redirected. It was pointed at you. And Jesus says, Get be, just stand here behind me. I got you covered. And he absorbs the wrath of God. Glug, glug, stay there. I got you covered. Atonement. Covered. Protected. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
was Jesus really forsaken? You better believe he was. And why was he forsaken? Because he was your substitute, and he doesn't want you to be forsaken on that day. So he was forsaken for you. So that you could stand before God and be clean and righteous and free and a son of God. And instead of being under the wrath of God, you'd be under his love, his mercy, and his grace. That's the gospel message. And that's the mina. And we've got this mina. We've received this mina. We've received this power for a purpose. And we're going to have to give an account, yes, but look at the next verse. Okay, here we go, next verse. And it says, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. The citizens, I'm not going to ask you, I'll just tell you, they're everybody in Aberdeen that is not born again. They're a citizen. That is you, if you're in this church today, and you may believe in God, but you've never really repented of your sin, and you've never been changed by his power, and you're, you're not, it, it, citizens. And these servants have been sent out among the citizens to give them, to do business, and to, to negotiar con la mina, to do business with the mina, to, get, to give this away, the gospel message, just give it away. It's got power enough to save somebody, so if you just give it away, God will do the rest. And then it goes on. When he returned, wow, now we're future. Now we just segued into prophecy. Now we talk about you. When he returned, having received the kingdom, okay, he's got it now. He's got it. Everybody that's in is in. If you didn't get in, then you didn't get in. It's over. The father, the father stood up. He shut the door. It's finished. Okay, so he returned. And then he says, when he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the mina or the money to be called to him that they might know, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. See? Okay. See? See? No surprises here. You know, this is what's going to happen. You will be called. And he's going to say, hey, what would you do? What did you do with the mina? That's exactly what he's, he's telling us what he's going to say to us. What did you do with the mina? What did you do with the gospel? And the first came to him and said, Lord, you know why he said Lord? Because he was actually Lord. He actually did what Jesus said. Kind of proof that you're a Christian. You know what? That's kind of a mark of a Christian. If you're doing business with the Mina. Lord, your Mina has made your Mina. Not your talents. Your mina, your gospel, has made ten minas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant. How many want to hear that one? <laughs> you know, everybody's like, I'm shooting for the well done. <laughs> I'm shooting for the well done. I want the well done. Anybody want the well done? Or do you rather the depart from me? Which one would you rather? Well done, right? You know how to get that? You know how to get that? Well, at least in this story, at least in this story, you know how you get the well done? It's not by believing in God and just coming to church, doing your devos in the morning. It's by doing business with the gospel. You know what? You don't have to be an evangelist to share the gospel. You know what you have to be? A servant. 
Well done, good servant, because you've been faithful with very little. Did you catch that? Been faithful with what? Little guy. He's not asking you to save the world. He'll do that. He's asking you just to do a little. And what's the little he's asking you to do? Give this away. Share this gospel message. That's what he's asking. It's not, it's not, it's, it's little. You've been faithful and little? And he says, um, I'm going to give you authority over ten cities. The more you invest, the more reward you get. The second one came saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And then he said to him, you're going to be over five cities. And then the other one came and said, Lord. That was a lie. He called them Lord. But it was a lie. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid. I was afraid of you because you're a severe man. Is God severe? If you're not under, if you're not under grace, if you're not his kid, believe me, he's severe. If you're in grace, under the blood, you're okay. I knew that you were severe and that you did not, you know, um, you took what you did not deposit, you reaped where you did not sow. And he said to him, I will condemn you with your own words. Now, you wicked servant, exclamation point. You unfaithful, wicked, useless servant. That's kind of the essence of that phrase right there. You knew that I was a severe man and that I, and that I, divide, and I, and I reap where I didn't sow. Then why didn't you put my money in the bank at least? And at my coming, you, I might have collected interest. Even if you didn't get a whole mina, at least give me some interest. You did nothing with the gospel message is basically the feeling of this verse. You did what? Nothing with the gospel message? The gospel message that can save the citizen? The gospel message that can, that can change a person's destiny? And you wrapped it up in a handkerchief? I mean, Jesus is like flabbergasted. That's in the Greek, flabbergasted, right there. <laughs> okay, we're coming in for a landing here. We're almost done. And he said to those that stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Take the mina from him? I'm not going to interpret that. All I'm going to say is you don't want that to happen. You know what Charles Spurgeon said, the old prince of preachers back in the 1800s? He says, the mina, the gospel, is not for wrapping up in a napkin. The mina is to take out that handkerchief and use that handkerchief to wipe the sweat from your brow because you're working so hard to get this thing out. And I tell you, anyone that has, more will be given, but from the one who has not, Tony, can you come on up with your team? It'll be taken away. And I'll look at verse 27, guys. I know the worship team's coming up, but uh, just let them do what they need to do. And then you need to do what you need to do. Our temptation right now is to feel very confronted with this message. And we're kind of examining our hearts, right? of what we've done with the Mina or what we've not done with the Mina. We're kind of looking at our hearts and seeing if we're a faithful servant or not. And um, if I, I wish 
I wish I wouldn't have to read this last verse. Ask me why I'm in Spain. There's different reasons, but this, this last verse is just, it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. It's awful. And now you know, those of you that call Jesus Lord, call yourself a servant, why this is so crazy important. This is so important. It's not a missionary task. It's a church task. It's a servant task. It's for those that call him Lord. Look what happens. Guys, look what happens. Could we just skip over this verse? But as for these enemies of mine, the citizens, who did not want me to reign over them, and that's why people don't get saved, because they don't want to surrender. They'd rather have their sin than the Savior. Can you imagine? Can you imagine rather having your sin than a Savior? Imagine rather having pornography than a Savior? Immorality rather than a Savior? Greed rather than a Savior? Can you imagine that? And he says, As for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Decapitate them. Get them out of my sight. Is God severe? That's pretty severe. Just saying. So I'm going to ask you a question. With, uh, with which servant do you most identify with today? Are you a servant with going all four and maybe eight? Maybe, 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 I'm, a, maybe I'm a tenor. I got one of them tens, I think, maybe. Maybe you say, well, perhaps I'm a five. I might not do as much as everybody else. But don't compare yourself with anybody. Just you and the Lord. Maybe you've wrapped the gospel up in a napkin and said, that's not my ministry. Well, actually it is. How you do it, that's kind of up to between you and God. You got, you got a ton of talents. You got money. You could put it in the bank, give it to missions, to agencies, to help the poor. I don't, you, you can do what you, whatever you want to do. Use what God has given you. Use your talents and your callings and your giftings and your opportunities and everything. You have talents for one purpose, to invest in Amina, to do business with Amina. So which was, with which servant do you most identify with? Or maybe you identify with a citizen. Maybe you believe in God, just like the demons. <laughs> Good start, but they tremble. So should you, unless you've come to Christ in repentance and surrender said, Jesus, you took my book, you drank the cup of wrath for me. Man, I'm giving you my life. I'm surrendering. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do, but my life is not going to be about me. It's going to be about you. You're, you're willing to wipe my slate clean, then I'm willing to do that for you. And you surrender to Christ. So you could be a citizen today here at Aberdeen First Assembly and just say, man, I think I'm not even a servant. I think I'm a citizen. Well, we're going to pray for you. Okay, that's why I came. I wanted to came to encourage you and challenge you, give you a little refresher on what the gospel message is and what your calling is. You don't have to pray about your calling anymore. You know what it is. So let's stand to our feet. And this is my call to you, and I want you to listen real close. Thanks for going with me just a couple minutes extra today. 
I'm asking you which servant you most identify with. If you're here today and, and you say, I think i honest with myself, honest with myself, I think I'm an unfaithful servant. I think I kind of took that gospel message thinking it was my get out of hell card and kind of thought that the leadership of the church or the missionaries should just do this work. It's not really my, and now you realize, oh, that's me too. And maybe you feel like you're, or you are that unfaithful servant and you don't want to be anymore. Then I'd like you to get out of your seat and come down to the front and pray and just repent of that and, and just share the gospel message. If you're, if you're a citizen, if you're a citizen, in other words, you've never really surrendered to Christ. You believe in God. You come here, you might even tithe, but you're not really surrendered to him and you know it because you're not all about Jesus. You're not all about the gospel message. You've got to be all about that. And maybe, then why don't you come and surrender? So this altar call is for citizens that want to give their heart to Jesus. It's for unfaithful servants that say, I don't want to be unfaithful anymore. And I'm going to give you one more chance. Maybe you're like a one-er or a two-er or a three-er. Or maybe you're a tanner and you go, man, I'm investing some, you know, but I know I can do a lot more. And I'd love to rededicate my servanthood and, and, and say to Jesus, you know, that call you, you gave to us to negociar con la mina, to do business with the mina. Count on me. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be intentional and we're going to do this. And you want to kind of reconnect with God on that? Then this altar calls for you. So let's sing the song. And then you come, get out of your seat, and let's seek God together. And I'm going to have the prayer team come up here and we'll pray for you. Come on down.
guys for being so open, so vulnerable. But I, I'm just thinking, well, they're not like anybody else that wouldn't want to ramp up their servanthood to the Lord today. Sure, you can pray there, and it doesn't give me no ego trip if you come down here. I'm just saying, wouldn't you want to ramp up a bit your servanthood and just say to Jesus, you know, I've done what I've done up to now, but I surely can be more intentional and more faithful in my servanthood. So I just, we're going to run through this song one more time. we got three minutes, and then we're going to turn it over. But we'd love to pray for you. I'm serious. I can't, I can't even remain to come over and pray for you, okay? Like, I'm all about this, so I'd love to just be able to bless you. And if you want to step out of your seat, I pray for you down here that don't know who you are and need prayer unless you come here. So God bless you. Let's sing it through once more time. Team. I can hear my Savior calling. Take off your cross. Fall.
Are we ready? Are we ready to be his servants, to answer that call that God has given to each one of us? Say, I want to be a servant of Christ. I want to invest the mina. That, that's what he's called us to do, to invest the mina. And, and what's, what's neat is he's given us so many different ways. There's so many ways to invest the gospel. When we stand up on the red box and we preach the gospel, that's investing the mina. But it's also invest the mina, investing the mina when we're at home and we're interceding for others and we're, we're praying. We're investing the mina when, when we give. And, and, and there's so many different ways, but we can all share that gospel that's inside of us with, with our neighbors. And, and so one way today we want to invest the mina. And if you're at this altar, continue to pray. Don't, don't continue to press in. But we want to invest the mina today by investing in our missionary. So today, before you leave, we want to give you an opportunity to give. Anything that you give today that's, that's not marked is going to go to our, our missionary. It's going to go to On the Red Box, that they can continue that great work in Spain that's expanding to every uh, Spanish-speaking country in this world. And, and so I want to encourage you to give. You can give using the, the envelopes in the back. You can just mark that Spain or market Jacob. Uh, you can give through texting. You can text missionary uh, to the number on the screen or in your um, in, on that envelope as well. You can also give online, so I encourage you to do that. But we're going to invest. We're going to invest a couple different ways. So we want to invest through giving. And so let's just pray for that right now, Lord Jesus. God, we, we pray that you would, we thank you, God, for how you're using this ministry. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to, to grow and develop. God, that so many people, that that, that 2% number would change. Oh, God, we, we want to see a change to, to 4% and, and 8% and 16%. God, we want you to sweep across that country as we invest in the gospel. We want to see you do that here, Lord. So, Lord, as, as we invest in your kingdom, God, may it expand. May it expand in Spain. May it expand in South Dakota. God, may it expand all across this globe. We're your servants, Lord. So, Lord, we give what you've given us. And we pray that you would multiply it, that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving this morning. And, and one final thing before we leave today. We, we, we always want to do this. We want to take time to, to pray for our missionary. Man, they're, they're fighting some spiritual battles over in Spain. They, they are going through some spiritual warfare. So we want to take a moment and we want to pray. We want to pray for our missionary. So, uh, Jacob, if you would just kind of make your way right over here. We're not going to let you go before we, we pray for you today. And so would we, could you have several people just gather around uh, Jacob and let's lay our hands on him and let's pray for him this morning as we send him off and we believe for great things. So why don't you, why don't you gather around here this morning and let's just pray. Jesus, I thank you for Jacob. God, I thank you for the call that you have on his life. God, that, that his heart is to spread your fame, your glory. God, you, you've given the gospel like you've given all of us. And, and God, I pray that you would help him to continue to engage in business every single day. God, as he's on the streets, as he's sharing his heart, as he's, he's, he's not just witnessing to people, but he's raising up leaders. God, as, as they go out into the 52 provinces, Lord Jesus, I pray that your name would be famous, God, in all the land of Spain. God, that they would win it for you. God, I pray for your blessing on him and on his life. God, as he, as he travels, God, as he heads back to Spain, Lord, we pray for your blessing. Oh, Lord Jesus, that you would just heap it on him. God, we said, your word says that as we seek first your kingdom, 
kingdom and your righteousness, everything else will, it will be given to us. So Lord, we, we trust in you. God, we seek you first. So God, I, I pray that you would use him in powerful ways to continue investing. And God, may the ripple effects be, be felt across this world. Oh, Lord Jesus. So bless our missionary today. God, may he go in your power and in your grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. I encourage you, these altars are still open. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you as we continue to invest the gospel. So as we go this week, continue to invest. Uh, make sure you, you meet Jacob out at the table, grab one of his prayer cards, and, and let's be praying for our missionary. Have an incredible week, church.